Welcome to the Massage Life Podcast. I'm Jordan Pearson. I'm a CPA and I'm here with Melissa. Melissa Pearson. You're a registered massage therapist and I think it's been three weeks since we put out our last podcast, which is Time flies. Yeah, disappointing. Fun. <laughs> time flies. It's crazy how, how quickly time flies. This I feel like true. Yeah, you know, so much has happened over the last few weeks. Good things. Um, but we should so today we're gonna be talking about a question that I get a lot, and it's, should I incorporate my business? Mm-hmm. I think that's a question that registered massage therapists really struggle with for right. lots of different reasons. And, uh, and so we're going to talk about that. And I have some opinions. Maybe you'll disagree with these opinions. I don't know. Uh, or maybe you've spoken to your accountant or a lawyer, somebody who has different opinions, and that's fine too. These are just my opinions. And so take it with a grain of salt. Um, but at the end of the day, just know that my opinion is the right one. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay. We wanted to start with some embarrassing stories though, <laughs> because that seems to be what people want to hear. So you had a couple of embarrassing stories that have happened recently to you. Yeah. I mean, nothing too crazy, but, uh, everyone loves a good story yeah. and we can laugh at ourselves. So it's, it's important good. to laugh at yourself. It really is. Yeah. <laughs> I have lots of reasons to laugh at myself. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, recently I was doing an evening massage and I just had dinner right before going to the massage and so maybe that was the problem, I don't know. But my stomach was being so loud. And I'm sure every <laughs> massage chef is kind of late that that happens sometimes. But this was like next level, okay? This wasn't just like the tummy grumblings. Like it was, something was very wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And of course it's in like the most quiet room. Like sometimes I'll be next to a room that has a washer and dryer or something like that. Or the furnace is on. Yeah, the furnace is on, a fan is on, whatever. The dishwasher's running. No, it was like nothing. The music isn't even loud enough to drown it out? So I was trying, this was the other problem. I was trying out some new music and it was, the music was really strange. It's hard to describe it, but it had like some louder parts and then some quieter parts. And then also the, the, each track was really short like three minutes and then there was you know some some music like flows into the next track really well but yes. for some reason it has like a really long a noticeable gap. break yeah a noticeable yeah. break between the songs and of course those quiet moments were the moments where my stomach <laughs> decided to growl it was like seriously so it all started like two minutes into the massage and the first growl it was so loud that sometimes when my stomach growls i won't say anything because it's like whatever they know like it's right. just natural and normal right. it's just kind of like in the background i'm not gonna point it out or say excuse me or something <laughs> right. right so i usually don't say anything but i had to first of all i was like i didn't want him to think that it was like gas or something like that i farted in the room yeah, and so yeah. i was like i need to like say something here because it's just so awkward so uncomfortable and so i just said oh sorry uh, my stomach's being really loud and he just laughed or something he's like oh you must be hungry i was like nope i literally just ate yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like i'm fine this is awkward and then i was like okay whatever i'm sure that'll be fine no it was the entire 60 minutes it was so much grumble. it just wouldn't stop wouldn't stop it was so bad and then i was like what do i even do so it was especially bad when i was of course again like the most awkward times i'm so close to his head like working around his shoulders and so what i was doing was like <laughs> reaching like had the worst body mechanics i'm like reaching so far away so that my stomach's like as far as possible from his head so that it's not so loud and i don't think so, that helped no probably not no no because <laughs> sure i was like how much i'm sure it looks so ridiculous yeah, yeah what's you the probably only like, widen the gap by, by like, like a foot or two yeah yeah it's like that's not doing anything i, I was desperate i was trying do you think he I noticed could. that you were like, <laughs> like stretching it's like just the fingertips yeah I don't uh, know, but uh, you got like fake arms. You're just like <laughs> it was bad. It That's was, so was, funny. Yeah. So was it just that person, or did it? Were you massaging the whole family that night? No, I had to go see someone else. I don't know. The second one, it was. I think it was kind of bad too, but it, their house was louder. They had like kids and stuff, and right, know, it, right. It wasn't as noticeable for that second one. That's also funny. the second person. Like, I've been friends with friends with her for a long time, and so I don't know. This one was like. Especially because it was a male. I don't know. Something about yeah, the whole thing. It it just, just, yeah, it's just And he's kind of just like, he's like a very nice guy, but very kind of socially awkward. And so okay. both of us were just like, <laughs> I don't know. It was just, he just had to be there. It was awkward. I feel like everyone is socially awkward in some situations. Right. right? Like I think for most, most of the time I'm okay. But then every now and then there's just, I meet someone and I just, I don't know. It's just Sometimes weird. you don't vibe with the other person. It's yeah. obviously going to be worse if both people are kind of socially awkward. I don't feel like I'm a socially awkward per- person, but I have moments where I can just feel it in the moment. And then the harder I try to not be yeah. awkward, the more awkward I am. Right. I'm like, I notice it. I'm like, I am awkward right now. Like I, I am making this very uncomfortable. Yeah. And yeah. I try to fix it. 
it just goes downhill. But I sometimes I'm I sometimes I'm awkward with people that I'm not usually awkward with. Really? And I think it's just because I get exhausted. Maybe I'm too tired and I just like <laughs> I can't, can't, I can't be bothered. <laughs> I can't be bothered. I don't want to talk to you right now. Oh, that's so funny. We, so yeah, um, we it's funny. We we finished recording Chad Friel's range of motion course uh, last Saturday. Yeah, and it was so great. Yeah, I finished editing it yesterday. There's like one little piece that I need to to touch up, but for the most part, it's done. And there were a couple moments, <laughs> same problem. So when I'm editing these courses, I have really nice headphones on so that I can really hear every sound that is picked up by the microphone. And your stomach, same thing, because you were sitting sort of close <laughs> to really the microphone. To microphone yeah. And uh, yeah, so I had to, I had to drop the audio. Thankfully, it would like happened. Well, maybe it was happening all the time, but you could really notice it when Chad wasn't talking, right? Yeah. If he was doing a range of motion test or whatever. And so there was no sound. It's like, like in the background. Yeah, for sure. And I'm the I'm the person on the table that he's treating. And so for sure, someone taking this course is gonna think like, man, Jordan's got some wicked gas. Or, well, this this hip flexion is really pushing that, really moving things along. Oh man, uh, this has like been bowel G- talk with Jordan. Yeah, I have a food sensitivity. Well, for the two people who have you know, are still listening. Let's, <laughs> let's talk about, we were going to um, share our other story from the hotel too. I don't know that we should. Oh, what? That's, that's really embarrassing. <laughs> that's really embarrassing. How about now we, everyone's guessing what it is. Yeah. So we'll wondering. tease it out. So we have a really, we had a, Melissa and I, we went to Banff. Uh, for those of you who are not in Alberta, Banff is. Everyone the, knows where Banff well, is. Well, I know everyone knows where Banff <laughs> is. So it's like two hours away from where we live. We went to Banff for the weekend, not the weekend, just for a night, Thursday night to Friday. And that we took our kids with us. And anyways, we had a really embarrassing experience. What? We can share it. We'll Anyone? share it at the end. We'll tease it out. <laughs> okay, let's talk fine. about, let's at talk about, end. should I Don't incorporate my business? Okay. Talk about stuff we actually, um, actually people Yeah, let's talk about something about. that people are going to care about. Not that they'll want to, <laughs> you know, that they won't care about hearing the, you know, the embarrassing things that we've done. Uh, anyways, okay. So, um, should you incorporate your business? Well, I, I think in, for registered massage therapists, let me just start at a high, really high level. I think in, in most cases for registered massage therapists in Canada, uh, it doesn't make sense for them to incorporate their business. And when you're, when you're wrestling with this decision, I'll just kind of touch on the main thing. So we can talk, I'll talk about some advantages and some disadvantages to incorporating your business. But the main thing, in my opinion, that you should ask yourself when you're when you're wrestling with this question should i incorporate my business is how much money do you make number one Mm -hmm. how much money do you anticipate making and number two are you going to need all of that money to live right or the majority of that money to live if the answer to the second question is all of it or mostly all of it then from a purely income tax perspective it doesn't it doesn't make sense to incorporate your business. Okay, why, uh, why is that? The reason why, so the best way that I can explain it is let's, so I feel like I should back up. So when you incorporate your business, um, there's essentially two types of businesses that you can operate as. There's, there's more than that, but we'll just look at the main two. So you have a sole proprietorship and then a corporation, right? So when registered massage therapists, they come out of school and then they get their first job working at a spa or a clinic, you know, they sign an independent contractor agreement, right? In most cases, they're not working as employees, okay? And so they're working as independent contractors. And so the moment they sign that contract, they're establishing themselves as a business and they are working as a sole proprietor, okay? So they own a sole proprietorship, okay? So uh, there's no legal distinction between you and your business when you're operating as a sole proprietor, okay? They're one and the same. So any, any business that, uh, sorry, any income that your business generates is going to be taxed to you personally, right? Like you file your personal income tax return and you're going to claim all of that as business income minus any business deductions that you have. Okay. It's all going to be claimed on your personal income tax return. When you incorporate a business, you're setting up a totally separate legal entity, right? So, you know, there's incorporation documents that you have to fill out. You have to register this as like you know, a separate legal entity. 
And it's separate in a very legal sense. Like the government of Canada recognizes this as a totally separate um, legal entity from you, the person, right? So you're going to be a shareholder of that corporation, but from an income tax perspective, you have to file two separate income tax returns. So you're still going to file your personal income tax return, but then the business, the corporation has to file uh, a corporate income tax return. A T2 is what it's called. So uh, it's helpful to know that there's that distinction. Right. Okay. So from a purely income tax perspective, if you're taking everything out of that corporation, uh, well, you're going to lose the income tax benefits that are afforded to corporations, right? So, so just to clarify, <clears throat> so corporations are taxed at a different tax rate than right. personal, personal, correct? Right. And that's so why most people want to incorporate is to take um, right. That's usually the, that. Yeah, exactly. And that's usually the main thing that people will talk about is, you know, I want to pay less tax, right? And so how it works, let's just look at a hypothetical situation. So let's assume, Melissa, that you decided to incorporate your business. So now you've set up this separate legal entity and you're working throughout the year and you go to file your income tax return at the end of the year and you recognize, okay, you the business made $80,000 in income that year, okay? But then you took all of that out. You paid yourself an $80,000 salary, okay? Well, effectively, the business income is what? Zero. It's zero, mm -hmm. right? So if the net income of the business was $80,000, but you paid all of that out to you, either as a, a dividend or as a salary, well, the, the income of the business is zero, and so there's no taxable income, and so there's no income tax to pay in the business because you've taken it all out personally, and so you're now going to be taxed at the personal level, mm -hmm. right? So really, amount, yeah. yeah, so really you, you lose the benefits that come from setting up a corporation, right? Because you've taken all of that money out. Mm -hmm. And so... And even if you kept in a small amount, say you kept in $10,000, probably wouldn't really be worth it. Well, it could be, right? So um, for the Online Wellness Institute, the Online Wellness Institute is incorporated in the province of Alberta. So it is, we've set that up as a corporation. Mm -hmm. And since day one, we, have, we haven't taken any money out of, out of this business, right? So it has earned income and it's been taxed at the lower corporate rates. And so what we're effectively doing is we're deferring tax, right? By keeping it in the corporation, uh, by not paying it out to ourselves, you know, we're paying a lower income tax rate on that, on that income within right. the business. And we knew that when we set up this business, we knew because we have, you know, I have a full-time job and yeah, you work, right? It's not our sole source of income. It's just, um, you know, it's a fun side project. And so we wanted to set it up that way for, for other reasons as well. And we'll get into those in just a second, but from a purely income tax perspective, it, it made sense, right? Because we didn't want all of that income to be taxed at the higher personal income tax rates. We wanted it to stay in the corporation and be taxed at the lowest rates possible. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, um, hopefully that makes sense. I think that was yeah. pretty clear. It made mm -hmm. sense, made sense to you. Okay. So, a couple of the advantages. So number one is limited liability. So going back to what I said at the beginning, when you set up a corporation, it's a separate legal entity. And so there's, um, there's, a, there's limited liability or there's a, a separation of liability between the corporation and its shareholders, right? So if the corporation is sued for whatever reason, you know, they can't go after, in most cases, they can't go after the shareholders of that corporation, right? They have to go after the corporation itself. And so it's a way for you to be able to limit your own personal liability, right? Because Melissa, if you are operating a business and you're operating as a sole proprietor, and then for whatever reason you get sued, right? They come after you, they come after your business. Well, now you've opened up yourself to a lot of liability, a lot of risk. They can come after your personal assets, right? So let's say, you know, you had to go to court and then, you know, the ruling was not in your favor and you had to pay, you know, X amount of money to this other party. And you, maybe you didn't have insurance because there was gross negligence involved and there's, you know, <laughs> a lot of messy things going on. And so if you had to pay out a sizable amount of money to this other party and, you know, you didn't have that money, but you had a car and a house, right? Well, now your personal assets are being impacted by this. And so setting up a corporation is a way for you to limit that liability. It's a way for you to essentially 
um, limit your risk exposure so that you know your personal assets are effectively safeguarded from a way to protect yourself yeah it's a way to protect yourself now what's interesting about that though is um, I feel like for most corporations that are owned by one or two people so a very small number of shareholders well in a way you're going to be you're still going to be exposed um, to a lot of that risk right so let me walk you through an example let's say you set up your massage business as a corporation and then you were sued for whatever reason and you had to pay out all this money right okay that person you know that you had to pay this money out to they you know legally they can't come after your personal assets uh, and I'm not a lawyer. I think that's technically how it works. But they can't come after your personal assets. But this business, this corporation is your baby, right? You're the sole shareholder. And so you really you care about making sure that this business stays afloat, that it doesn't go bankrupt or go under. And so you may be inclined as the sole shareholder to continue to pump capital into this corporation, to continue to put money into it so that it doesn't die, right? So I see... I see where people are coming from, that they want to limit their liability, but in some weird roundabout way, because you as the sole shareholder care about keeping this business alive, you're going to do everything that you can to, to maintain it, to keep it, to keep it going. Right. And so, um, you know, you may be inclined to continue to put more money into it or, or you may be totally fine with just like, okay, well, the business is bankrupt. Now I'll just walk away and, and start over. Right. And that may be okay as well. Um, again, I'm not a lawyer. I don't know all the legal nuances. I've never been sued personally, and so I don't know, you know, exactly yeah, be how really that works. Yeah, really interesting to talk to somebody. Who yeah, and what's what's interesting too, just looking at it from the perspective of a massage therapist. So a lot of people, I've heard a lot of therapists talk about this. You know, they want to incorporate their business to limit their liability, and I that's fair, right? You know, they I, they recognize that that is one of the advantages to being incorporated. But how many massage therapists do you know that have been sued? Well, right? and I, we I don't know. Have, any, not to say that it hasn't happened, yeah, but I'm I don't sure know anyone. Well, we have insurance. Right. A lot of, if, if any legal cases were to come up, we have insurance through our association. So. Right. And I, so one thing I want to say about that, and I, again, I don't know exactly how it works, but I remember mm -hmm. when I was taking a, uh, so in university getting my degree, I had to take a business law class mm -hmm. and we talked about um, gross negligence so I think in your case, like your coverage for insurance, insurance as a massage therapist, I feel like that wouldn't cover you in situations where you are guilty of gross negligence. And right. what I mean by that is like you have um, made an error that no reasonable massage therapist who is trained would expect to make. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Right? And so um, like even that, it's like, well... It's very rare that you're going to do something. Yeah, it would be something crazy like lighting yeah. a thousand candles in your massage room right, or right. something like that, where it's like, right. hey, that was totally irrational and crazy. That's a perfect example, though. Yeah. Right? And so my coverage probably wouldn't cover me lighting a thousand candles in my massage room. <laughs> right, right. And so it's, yeah, it's interesting to, you know, just be aware of that. Right. Um, anything so, else? So just don't do anything crazy. <laughs> Yeah, just if you're not incorporated, don't do anything nuts so that you <laughs> Well, and I think so when you're talking about limited liability, if it's if it's just you, right? If if it's, you know, you've incorporated a business and you're the only one that's working for that business, right? You say you work out of your home or you run a mobile practice or you work in a spa, right? Your risk is so low because it's just you, mm -hmm. right? But if I decided to go out today and open up a spa, and hire 15 to 20 therapists to work for me, mm -hmm. well, now my risk exposure is so much greater, right? right? Because involved. I have all these therapists, and I, you know, I trust that they know what they're doing, but mm -hmm. they may do something that's really dumb, right? Like come in and light a thousand candles or whatever, <laughs> right. or who you knows? Have, you have receptionists too, maybe aren't handling clients' confidentiality properly. Right. Or there's, so many, yeah. there's so many things that you can be accused of yeah. from a legal standpoint. And so it's in a situation like that, well, it would be insane, right? It would be insane to, to operate a clinic yeah. as a sole proprietor, right? Because if one of your therapists does something stupid and you get sued, well, now you're you're personally liable for, for that. Yeah. And so your you risk exposure your is so much greater. Yeah. So um, 
when you're when you're looking at that decision, should I incorporate my business? Well, like if it's just you, you know, it probably probably doesn't make a, a lot of sense for you to incorporate your business if it's just you, right? right. Um, okay. So some of the other advantages is uh, access to capital. Um, I don't think that this is so. I'm just looking at kind of the high level, like a lot of the advantages that come with being a corporation. This is not something that is really relevant to massage therapists too much. So when I say access to capital, the best example that I can think of is, I'm sure you've seen the show Dragon's Den or Shark Tank. Is Dragon's Den, is that still a show or is it Shark Tank now? No, I think One's Canadian, One's American. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. Camera so yeah, there's these, show, these shows, and, and I'm sure all of you know how, how they operate. You have these businesses that come in and they pitch their idea or their business to a, a panel of investors, right? And then... They say, okay, I, I will sell you 10% of my business in exchange for $200,000 or whatever, right? What they're looking to get is capital, right? As a, as a corporation, you can issue shares and you can sell those shares, right? A portion of your business, like 10%, 20%, whatever, 100%. You can sell a share of your business to somebody else in exchange for capital. For money. For money, right? Yeah, when I say capital, I mean cash. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure everyone knows right? that. But... So... It's a way for you to raise capital so that you can grow your business, right? And for a lot of businesses, that makes sense, right? For a lot of these, you know, people that go onto Shark Tank, they usually have a product that they're trying to manufacture, that they're trying to scale and get to market. And so that's going to require a lot of capital, right? You need cash to be able to manufacture that product, mm -hmm. to market it and get it to market. But for a registered massage therapist, we've talked about this, I think, in an earlier episode, you know, the, the startup cost for a massage therapist um, is typically quite low. Now, that's not the case if you're wanting to open up a mm -hmm. your own space, like a, a spa or a clinic, right? There's, you know, we, we looked at that, right? Mm -hmm. We looked at doing that a couple of years ago and yeah, we priced it all out and it was, sure. you know, it was, it was going to cost a lot of money. And so there would be some capital that we would need. And you know, if you're doing that, if you're looking to open up a clinic, you know, it might make sense for you to reach out to, you know, a friend or some other investor and say, hey, here's my business plan. I'm looking to open up a clinic. I'll give you 20% of the business in exchange for, you know, 40 grand or whatever. But you have right? to be incorporated. To but you that. have, well, you don't, and that's the thing you don't, mm. right, necessarily. Like you could operate as a, as a sole proprietor, but it would just be a, a loan. Like a this loan. person's just right. giving you a a loan. What about going to the bank for a loan? Like, do they look at that? Do they say, do they look at if you're incorporated or not? Do they care if they're giving out a loan? Yeah. So yes. So the, <laughs> this brings up another question. So there's, and I don't know that we want to go down this rabbit hole, but there's effectively um, two, two ways that you can finance your business, right? So the first way is capital, right? So uh, you give me cash in exchange for shares, Okay, and then I'm not legally obligated to like I don't have to pay you anything back at any time. Just typically with preferred. Sh oh man, I don't really want to. Okay, so there's like there's common shares and there's preferred shares. So preferred shares typically have like an like a an interest component tied to them. Like I'll be okay. required to pay an interest isn't the right word. Like a dividend that's that's paid out on a recurring basis right. out to those shareholders. Okay, uh, but for common shares. Right? There's no, like, I don't have to pay you anything, right? If the, if the business loses its value, like if the business goes bankrupt and you're a common shareholder, well, the value of those common shares has effectively gone right. to zero, right? And that's happened to me. I've invested, I've purchased shares in companies on the open market. There was a mining company that I bought because somebody told me it was a good deal. Never take <laughs> tips from your friends. Yeah. But I, you know, I purchased common shares in this company, mm -hmm. That company went bankrupt. Well, the value of those shares effectively went to zero. I lost everything, mm -hmm. right? And so when you invest in a company, so let's say you, you know, you're purchasing common shares, if the value of that business goes up, then the value of your investment also goes up. Mm -hmm. And the way right? you make money off of it is when you sell your shares. Well, yeah, when you sell your shares, you cash them yes. in and um, you know, hopefully you, you turn a profit that way. Right. Um, so that's one way. So you have this capital injection, this exchange of cash for shares. The other option is debt, right? So you can go to the bank, you can go to Joe Blow down the street, right? Um, but how that works is there's, you know, there's interest and principal payments. There's a debt repayment that's required, mm -hmm. right? So if I lend 
$100,000 from the bank, well, there's going to be a term to that loan, right? Depending on whether it's a, a line of credit or a, um, a fixed loan. So those are, if it's a line of credit, usually you only have to pay the interest, like a small amount of principal and then the interest. If it's a fixed term loan, then you'd have, it's similar to a mortgage, right? You'd have to pay, you know, fixed principal and interest payments every month right. until you pay it off yeah. over whatever the term is. Right. Um, yeah, so, so you certainly can go to the bank if, if you want. But it's good to know that this, you know, as a, as a corporation, you can sell a portion of the business in exchange for cash. Right. Right. So access to capital is one of the advantages. Um, the other thing is the ability to sell, right? So I was actually thinking about this today, you know, because my parents, we, ha we always have dinner with my parents on Sunday, and I was thinking about the future of the Online Wellness Institute. And there will come a day when, you know, we want to retire and, you yeah, know, cash dad, out. Your dad's talking about retiring. Yeah, my dad's talking about retiring, and um, he's in the funeral industry, and so he had established a funeral home many years ago, and there was some issues with that, but... You know, that's a whole nother story. But <laughs> I was just thinking about the Online Wellness Institute. And, you know, I don't know that, it, you know, unless unless Abby or, you know, Ashton or Warren, so one of our kids decides to go into the massage industry and the profession and, and work in that field. You know, it's kind of, it's like, this is such a unique niche business. Mm -hmm. it, it'll be a hard one for us to just like pass on to, you yeah, know, someone in, in the family. Sense. So we either, we either have to sell it to someone else or just, fold the business entirely, which I don't think we'll do because we've built these assets. And mm -hmm. I mean, who knows what, who knows what the, the yeah. continuing education landscape will look like in, in 20 to 30 years, mm -hmm. right? When we're looking to retire, who knows, yeah. right? Um, but that being said, you can do that as a corporation. Like I could take all of the, the shares for the Online Wellness Institute, of which you owe 51% and I owe 49%, because <laughs> so you're the majority shareholder wow. because it was your idea. <laughs> so, but we could take those shares and we can sell it to somebody else. Yeah. Right? If there's somebody that wants to buy this business from us, we can say, okay, typically how that would work is you'd have a you'd have an accountant come in and value the business, right? And say, okay, this is how much the, the business is worth, right? The value of the shares. And there's lots of different ways that you can value a business. We, again, we won't go down that road. <laughs> it's so funny. I just love talking about this stuff and I'm sure people are just glazed over. But, um, and so you can sell, you effectively sell all of the common shares to somebody else. Right. And now the business is owned and managed and operated by that other person. Right. right? And they get to do with it how they, how they want. Uh, and so there, there are benefits, right? Like if, again, if you're establishing a clinic or a spa and you've built up clientele and you have a reputation, you have a brand name that is recognized, right? Like there's a lot of spas that come to mind that we know of in Calgary that, you know, they've, they've put a lot of work into establishing their brand and their reputation, establishing the reputation. They have, you know, huge clientele and infrastructure and, you know, all these systems in place. And so it would be a lot of work for someone to, to start from scratch and build that. Like you can, right? right? Or you can just, hey, I want to buy that business. Mm -hmm. How much do you want for this business? I'll buy mm -hmm. it from you. So right? because I'm, so I'm sole proprietor right now. Yeah. And would it be impossible for me to sell my business? Like how does, how would that work? That wouldn't work? No. So what you would do is you would sell off the assets okay. that are tied to the business because that's okay. all that you have. Right. Right. So you have, you know, the physical assets that you have, like the massage table. Mm -hmm. But I think about all of the clients. Yeah, how does that work? That you have. Well, you could... Can um, you sell your client list? I think so. I don't know how... Legally, I don't know how that would... Yeah, I don't know either. ...work. I, I, and I, but I don't know... I don't know that that would even make sense mm -hmm. in this profession. Because yeah. like you are the business, <laughs> yeah. right? Like Those clients are loyal to you mm -hmm. for the most part. Right, and I've even noticed that with... I hired someone about six months ago and it's, um, it's been, oh, it's been okay. It's gone all right. But a lot of my clients are like, we just want to see you. Like, you know, we've built up this, this professional relationship. And that's with true. You, and you shouldn't put down that your contract because no, that's I'm true not. about her as well. There's some clients who are yeah. like, we love Heather. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm right? not. And it's not that they've tried her. They don't like her. They, they don't even want to try someone else right. because they're like, we just like what we're already doing and it's already right. established. And so it's, yeah, it'd be interesting to ever try to, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens to my business when I eventually 
decide to leave massage right. altogether. And well, what you know, if you were to die tomorrow, I mean, that would be tragic. <laughs> but like, because there's so because you're operating as a sole proprietor right now, um, you know, the business dies with you. Yeah, that's it. Right? right. We would file. I would file your last income tax return, and then you know, I'd claim any business income that you had earned up to this point, mm-hmm. and then like that would be it. Right. Right. I could look at what I could do is. You know, because you have built a reputation in Chestermere and there's that name, Lakeview Mobile Massage, that has, you know, you've established a reputation. There's good reviews on Google. Like, you've built that. Like, there is something there. Mm-hmm. What I w- Honestly, what I would probably do is I would incorporate the business and then I would see if I could hire someone. It's mm-hmm. like, here I have, you know, all of these clients that yeah. my wife has, you know, she's established this business. And I would, I would see... If I could make it work somehow, I don't know. It'd be you interesting. Incorporate it after I die. Yeah. <laughs> you could. Yeah. I would. I would incorporate. I would be the sole shareholder. I would use that name. Yeah. In all the branding that you've set up. Can you do that? Even though it's in, like my my uh, what's it called? I was gonna say brand name. That's not the right word. Um, like you mobile massage. I had to. Yeah, you registered. So you registered, registered that trade, trade name. Trade name. That's the word. I'm yeah, you trade, registered trade that trade name. But it's but under my name. So you don't own that name. I don't own that name. No. Well, okay. That's no, I can like I can go at, and I think we talked about that in another episode. Yeah, like yeah. I can I can because go and I can register that same trade name. Yeah. Right? Like cuz so when you when you set up a corporation, you have to do that nuance shirt search yeah. where you look up the names of any other incorporated businesses that are the same or similar. Uh, but when you register just a trade name, you don't have to do that. Right. Um, it's good practice to do because you don't want to come into a, yeah, a city and it's like, oh, you know, it's, this business is operating under this name, but I like that name. I want to operate under that exact same name. Well, it's like that's going to be confusing yeah, for, to, for everyone, yeah. right? Like for your business, the other business, people aren't going to know who's who. Like it's just, it just doesn't work, right. right? But for you, like if you die, you're out of the picture, right? Like <laughs> I'll just, <laughs> why are we talking about this? Like it's like, going to happen. <laughs> Uh, I want to know. You told me I was going to die tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just planning here. Uh, I would, I would, if you died tomorrow, I would just be, I would just curl up in a ball on the floor and just be grief stricken. <laughs> you don't did know say what, that today. You said you died. I don't know what I would do. <laughs> like I, I like I, it's hard for me to articulate just how much I love you. Like there's just, and I don't want to get all like mushy on this podcast. It's but a like, Valentine's Day podcast. Yeah. I mean, Valentine's I just. Soon. I, I love, there's so much that I love about you. And we've been Stop. married, we've been married for over 16 years now. And I don't know, like you're, you are, you are a brilliant person when it comes to like how you run and operate your business. Like, and I see like you have a reputation in the massage profession. Like people know who you are and they come to you with questions. Like I always ask you like, oh, what are you doing on your phone? Right. Not because I'm like trying to be Snoopy, but it's usually always like, oh, I'm answering, I'm answering somebody's direct billing questions. Like, of course you are. Right. Like maybe you should charge for that because it seems to be what you're always doing. Uh, anyways. You're okay. cute. Moving on. Yes. I do love you. <laughs> I don't think I could ever marry anyone else if you died. Uh, that would, would be so weird. Just become a recluse. <laughs> <laughs> I'd find I'd find another massage therapist that looks exactly like you. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> uh, okay, this is getting weird. Okay. Um, the next advantage, tax deferral. We already talked about that. So that's like, okay, I'm going to keep this money in the corporation. I'm going to keep this income. Sorry, not money. Can we, can we have a question about tax deferrals? People often talk, yeah. talk about that, even with um, TFSAs. Where people say, oh, mm-hmm. shelter your tax, mm-hmm. defer the tax. Mm-hmm. But I don't get that. So why? I either have to pay the tax today or I pay the tax in 10 years. Who cares? Why? Why is that an advantage? Okay, that's a great question. Okay, because essentially what you're asking is, well, if I'm going to have to pay the tax now or when I'm 65, like, why not just pay it now? Is that effectively yeah. like, who cares? Yeah. Right? Why would I defer it? So the simplest answer to that question is you have to think about when you're 65 and you retire, you're going to need less money to live right because hopefully by then you've paid off your mortgage right and so really all that you need like i think about my parents well their only expense is the the cost to heat their house and then the food that they eat right and so your expenses go down significantly when you retire and so you defer the income until then and then you're taking out less from your retirement savings 
And so you're effectively, you're going to be taxed at a lower rate because you're taking out less. You're in a lower income tax bracket. Yeah, you're in a lower income tax bracket. Because all of the money that you're putting into your, so how it works is all of the money you put into your retirement savings plan, okay, it's going to stay in your RSP until you turn 65 or 70 or whenever, whenever you decide to retire. And then you convert that RSP into what's called a, an, a RIF. So it's called an RRIF or Registered Retirement Income Fund. Okay. And it's effectively the same as a pension. So you then say, okay, I'm done saving for my retirement, converting this into an income fund, and I'm now going to pay myself mm-hmm. money from that income fund every month or every, like however, however frequently you want to, right? right? And then that becomes the, the money or the income that you use to live. Mm-hmm. Now, when you take the income out of that retirement income fund, you're taxed on that, right? Because right? you've deferred it till then. So you're still taxed on it, but you're taking out less because you have fewer expenses. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you, you pay less. Hmm. So does that answer your question? Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, and for, uh, so the other, so that being said, so the other thing, let's, let's say that you're a sole proprietor and you're in a situation where you, you're actually making a lot and you don't need all of that to live. And so if you look at that, well, there's some advantages. There appear to be some advantages to incorporation because you can now keep some of the income in the corporation and defer it until later, Mm -hmm. right? Until you decide to take the money out of the corporation. Mm -hmm. Well, what you can do if you have room in your retirement savings plan, which most people do because who's able to max that out? Mm -hmm. Well, just put that excess Mm -hmm. into an RSP and then you're going to get the tax savings that come from contributing to your RSP and you've effectively done the same thing, hmm. right? right. You're, you know, that the contributions that you put into your retirement savings plan, you can, you know, you're not taxed on that as you're deferring the tax until when you retire. Right. And so for massage therapists who are in a situation like that, that's what I would recommend, right? If you don't want to go through the, the hoopla of incorporating, like just, yeah, because you haven't really talked about that RSP. too much. Like, what is the, maybe you're going to, what is the hoopla involved with being, with incorporating? Because it's not just as easy as, say, registering a trade name. Because registering a trade name is, like, a very simple thing to do. You walk in, you fill it. It's, like, literally a one-page document. Boom, you're done. Whereas right. incorporating, there's a lot more involved with it. Right. And it's expensive yeah. to do in the first place. And then you yeah. have to do this tax return every year that's complicated and an expensive tax return, right? And don't you have to do something else weird, like, uh, halfway through the year... Well, there's what, what other things you have to do. So there's an there's an annual return mm-hmm. that you have to. So it's just like a declaration of like who the shareholders are. Just basically, you're telling the government. So for in the province of Alberta, we've registered the Online Wellness Institute, and so we have to fill out this annual return every year. And it's like I forget how much it is, like a hundred dollars, maybe maybe more. I can't remember. Whatever, I just pay it. <laughs> but you, we have to um, file that, and it says like okay. Still a registered business. These are the so that's shareholders. that's not a tax return. It's just a It's not a tax report, return. This is of. just a, an annual filing that we have to do okay. with the government. Okay. Um, but then, yeah, you have to file a, a T2 corporate tax return. And <laughs> I'll be honest, I, I, I don't even do those myself because they're, they're confusing. Like right. I, I, I'm a chartered professional accountant. I have gone through four years of university and then training as a CPA. Like I know what I'm doing as an accountant. Um, but even I, like, I don't have experience filing T2 corporate tax returns. Mm-hmm. And so I pay someone else to do it, right? Because <laughs> I can't be bothered. I yeah. don't know how to do it. So it's not something people can usually do on their own. They're going to have to hire someone no. to do it. I mean, I probably, uh, our taxes are really simple. Like the corporate structure for the yeah, online institute is really simple. It, but... I, I'm sure I could, but it's also a time thing. It's just yeah, like, sometimes I just, it's just easier. Yeah. I just like, I just can't be bothered. Right. right. And so Maybe that'll come as a shock to some. It's like, here's an accountant paying another accountant to do like this work. Yeah, it's people like, do that all the time with things like, yeah. I don't know, if you're an interior designer, you still sometimes get someone else coming yeah. to do your things. Or <laughs> It's like, I can't be bothered. It's yeah. like, Kevin, Jensen, can you just like file this income tax return yeah. for me? So, okay, but, so um, how much does that usually cost, like a corporate tax filing? Do to, you have a ballpark number? <laughs> I don't actually know because I, so, <laughs> my, my, my guess would be, and it, again, it depends. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It depends how, um, how complicated because there's right. like, 
there are so many things that can come into play with your corporation that can make it really complicated, yeah. right? Do you have common shares? Do you have preferred shares? Did you issue dividends? Like what type yeah. of dividends did you issue? Do you have, you know, employees that you paid out? Do you have CPP? And like, there's all these, there's all these things. Like, do you have T4s you need to file? Like, there's all these things that come into play with that. And so um, for us, I, I tried to get Kevin to charge me for filing our <laughs> T2 last year. And he's like, He's like, he said, oh, just pay whatever you think is reasonable. It's like, I hate when people well, say things like that. Like, you, you, you operate a business. Like, <laughs> tell me. Like, send me an invoice and I'll pay it. Anyways, I never paid him anything. Um, <laughs> pay what you think is good. How about zero? <laughs> yeah. How about zero? Okay, uh, but but regardless, like, you're going to have to pay for a, the corporate tax return and your personal. You still have to file your, your personal yeah, taxes, too. Yeah. I mean, probably they'll do both at the same time, depending right. on who your accountant right. totally. is, whatever. Yeah. But it makes sense. It's going to be more expensive. Yeah. I would say anywhere within the ballpark of 150 to 250 plus. Right. Right. For like somebody who's operating, a, you know, like, like a for a massage therapist that's incorporated, I would expect it to be within that range. Right. Somewhere. Okay. Um, We'll come back to that in just a second. The last thing on my advantages list is credibility. But again, I don't think that this is... So some people, in, they want to incorporate their business because there's an air of credibility that comes with doing that, right? right? You know, I've what it says to people is I've gone through the whole you know, legal process of setting this up as a corporation, mm -hmm. right? And so there's some credibility that comes with that. But when have you ever had clients ask you like, oh, no. are you... Are you incorporated or are you a sole mm -hmm. proprietor? Nobody freaking cares, mm -hmm. right? Do you give a good massage? That's all I care about, mm -hmm. right? right? I don't care about the legal structure of your business, yeah. right? But for, you know, in some situations, it it is important, right? What is the legal structure of your business? I want to know because I only want to do business with someone who's incorporated for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, or some other fields, it might be important, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, disadvantages. So... <clears throat> Tax integration. So we, I kind of touched on this a little bit. So when you, the, for the most part, the CRA has set up the tax rules in such a way that if you, you know, if you pay all the income, like whether you, you know, whether the corporation earns income and then you pay all that to yourself, like the tax is going to be the same at the end of the day, right? And so um, unless you're deferring the tax, right? And it's staying in the corporation, like we talked about, then it, then it makes sense for you to, to, from an from a purely income tax perspective, then it then it makes sense to to incorporate uh, the higher administrative costs. Obviously, that's a that's a big one, right? Just to set up the corporation, you know, it's so. There's a couple ways that you can do it. Um, you can hire a lawyer to do it for you because there's a lot of stuff that's involved, and so if you want to make sure that it's done right, you can hire someone to help you with that process. They're going to charge you, I would expect, anything, you know, no less than $1,000 to incorporate a business. Right. Uh, if you want to just do it on your own, right, and make sure you get all your ducks in a row, uh, and, you know, one of, like, a big part of it is going down to the registries and you fill out all the paperwork and, you know, set up a corporation, which is what we did. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it cost me $550 to incorporate the business in Alberta. So... Mm -hmm. That right there, you have an upfront cost that is fairly significant just to incorporate the business, right. right? And then there's, you know, there's requirements on an ongoing basis, right? Like that annual return that you have to file. And there's like record keeping that's required, right? Like you have to um, have like board minutes and a share register that you have to maintain. There's all these like other things that you need to keep track of. <laughs> and so... Again, those are things that, from my you know, from my perspective as an accountant, like I'm aware of what's required, and I feel quite comfortable managing that stuff on my own. But if you have no idea, even what a share register is, or like board minutes, or like what what all that stuff looks like, like you know, or how often you need to be meeting as a board, or what a board is, right? Like, you yeah. know, those are things that you'll you may you may want to outsource that you may want a lawyer to help you with with some of that and mm -hmm. so again that's going to be a cost to you on a like just every year you're going to have to deal with that mm -hmm. and, and if so, not a cost at least a cost in your time right like, maybe you're not expensing that to, to someone else but you're for sure going to take some time to <laughs> to figure that stuff out right and then we've already touched about the on these other things so reporting requirements and then separate income tax returns right so you now have to file a corporate return and a personal return mm -hmm. again that's going to cost you money and then just like 
time in terms of like proper record keeping. Yeah. Right. So, um, if you know, you need to have, you need to make sure that you have you know good financial records. Right. That everything's kept separate from you personally, and that you're managing things uh, properly, and that it's all like all your ducks are in a row. Mm-hmm. So, um, so one of the questions that I often well nobody ever asked me this question, but one of the questions <laughs> that I think about is, okay, so are there so when you look at a sole proprietor versus a corporation, are there things that you're allowed to write off? as a corporation that you're not allowed to write off mm. as a sole proprietor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And for the most part, the answer to that question is no, right? If it's a if it's a reasonable business expense, an expense that has helped you generate business income, then that's something that you can write off. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing that is different though, and it is the main reason why I wish you were incorporated, mm-hmm. and do you know what the answer is? Uh, tack, uh, kilometers. Kilometers, yeah. So if you are a sole proprietor and you use your vehicle, so you're a mobile therapist, you're driving all over the place, and so you have to keep a vehicle log and you have to keep a record of all of the expenses that you've incurred on that vehicle. So gas receipts, any oil changes that are done, any other maintenance, registration, like all of that stuff, insurance. You have to keep records of all of those expenses. And then at the end of the year, you take your vehicle log and you determine, okay, I used my vehicle 20% for business, well, I get to now write off 20% of all of these expenses, mm-hmm. right? Or maybe it's 30% or whatever, whatever your vehicle log says. Mm-hmm. And, when you, and you have to keep that log. And you have to, yeah, you have to, A, you have to keep the log. Uh, now there's a simplified log that you can also keep. Like, I think, what is it? You have to, like, you keep the log for just three months. And if it's within the range of what it was the previous, previous year, year, then you then you can stop it. You can stop there. And just yeah, do that average from the previous yeah. year. Um, but that being said, you still have to keep all those receipts. Yeah. You have to keep a record of all of those expenses. And so it's just like, it's really annoying. And it's really annoying from like a bookkeeping mm-hmm. standpoint because, so we use QuickBooks for your, um, for your business. And I love QuickBooks, but it's really annoying when you have like the personal receipts. Cause I don't want to mm-hmm. scan those personal receipts, like those gas receipts into the business because it's not. It's not a business expense. Like part of it will be. And so it's just mm-hmm. like you kind of have to keep like separate record keeping for those vehicle expenses. And it's just super annoying. Whereas if you're incorporated, um, you just keep track of the kilometers that you drive. So there's still a log requirement, right. right? You need to have a record of like, okay, on this date, I drove this many kilometers. But then all you do is you just take those kilometers and you multiply it by the CRA's prescribed rate, mm-hmm. right? And that's your expense. Right. And you're done. Like, it's so much easier. It's weird that they don't let you do that as a sole proprietor. Like, why? That's so dumb. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, there, there is another expense, too, that I'm pretty sure you can only write off if you're incorporated. What's that? Do you remember that one? I don't know. Now you're testing me. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> at least I... At least Who's I'm the expert sure. here? <laughs> at least I'm pretty sure because I looked into it. It's... Um, I'm going to fold my arms like I'm really defensive. Right? <laughs> It's a health spending account. So there's this. Com- oh yes, there's yes. this company that has yeah. that has. Um, I don't know entirely how it works, but you can set up a health spending account and mm-hmm. run any expenses, like health expenses, like going for a massage. Like right now, I don't have benefits, you know, and so what I could do if I was incorporated is run my expenses, like for a massage or for acupuncture or something, run it through this health yeah. spending account and then it becomes a write-off that yeah. way but and you can't but I, I was like oh i should do that but you can only do it if you're incorporated yeah and that's that's such a great idea because now it's a way for you to write off those massage expenses which mm-hmm. you otherwise normally wouldn't be allowed to write off yeah. or even include as part of the medical expense tax credit yeah because in, in alberta Al- in alberta yeah mm-hmm. because massage therapists are not registered in alberta and so mm-hmm. any massage expenses can't be included in the the medical expenses tax credit for income mm-hmm. tax purposes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, having that, ta- yeah, that health spending account. Is, it's a really good, yeah. yeah, even like all your dental stuff. Right. Now that's yeah. different from, so we want to make the distinction. So there's, because we're kind of talking about two different things. Because you can, if you are paying premiums to a private health insurance plan, right. like Alberta Blue Cross or right. Sun Life or whatever, right? So you're paying into a plan, there's a monthly premium, and then in exchange for that, you get like, you know, coverage for medical, dental, you know, drug coverage, you know, all of those things. Mm-hmm. 
if the primary source of your income as a sole proprietor is um, like one thing, you get to write off all of those. Like if it just comes from one source, you can write off those premiums through your business as a sole proprietor, whereas you would otherwise include it as part of the medical expense tax credit. And so that's separate from what you're talking about, this right. health spending account. So it's effectively what you're doing is you pay into this health spending account, it's just like a pool of money, and then you withdraw from it. Yeah. Right? It's like, okay, I'm submitting my massage to this health spending account. Mm -hmm. Well, that expense, that expense through the health spending account now becomes a business expense for the corporation. Mm -hmm. Right? They do and take I a fee off of it. Like there's, right. there's some, obviously it's a business. <laughs> right, totally. Yeah, but yeah, you're right. If I didn't want to do that and I didn't want to incorporate, then my other option is to pay into Blue Cross or something similar. Right. And that could be taxed right off that way. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's all that I have, right? So, yeah. I mean, I know that this is a, it's a question that a lot of people wrestle with. Um, so, I, you have to massage therapist listening to this like at the end of the day you have to decide for yourself mm -hmm. right? and everyone's I'm, situation is so different yeah every, every situation is so different and so unique and I don't want to be you know I just want I don't want to make this blanket statement and say mm -hmm. like all massage therapists shouldn't be incorporated because that's definitely not true like there there are lots of situations where I think it would make sense even for a you know somebody who's just operating out of their home and it's just them right you know, if you're making a ton of money and you just don't need it and you just want to defer it and maybe you've maxed out your RSP and, you know, it just makes sense, like, mm -hmm. great. Um, and so, but at, but for most massage therapists, I think it it just, it becomes a, a an unnecessary burden, right. right? From a, just an administrative perspective and then just an for like the ongoing cost and like the record keeping requirements and, you know, making sure that, I mean, you should always have good financial records, even if you're a sole proprietor, but it's just, right. there's just a lot more that's involved. And so I generally don't recommend that massage therapists do it. Mm -hmm. uh, now, that being said, consult with your accountant or lawyer or just, you know, look at your own situation. But hopefully this has been helpful. Mm -hmm. Just a couple things for people to consider advantages and disadvantages. So, and I'd love to hear from people. You know, if you disagree with some of the, some of the things that we've said, I don't think we've said anything wrong. Like I've spent a lot of time researching this, and I and I've talked to. It's funny. I, I had lunch with um, uh, a uh, an, a CPA friend of mine because you know we accountants we like to get together and just talk about. You, you know, have friends. I have friends. <laughs> well, this was a while ago, but we were talking about you know this question like should you incorporate? And before I could even like you know say my take on it. He was like, the number one question I always ask people is like, how much money are you going to make and are you going to need all of it? And I was like, yes, thank you, right? <laughs> because I hear, for, I hear a lot of people talk about this and I feel like they don't give enough attention to that piece and it frustrates me mm -hmm. so much well a lot of people just I, i've heard numbers being tossed around i can't remember what the current number is but it's usually a hundred thousand dollars once you make a hundred thousand dollars then you should incorporate and it's like yeah, but no. not the, you're not asking the right question no yeah yeah or they just focus on the limited liability and it's right. like again yes that's that's an important part of what comes out of incorporating your mm -hmm. business but it's not but the only thing to look at yeah that's yeah. not the only thing to look at you need to ask yourself how much money you're making and are you going to need all of that to live if the answer is yes that you're going to need all of that money to live then nine times out of ten it doesn't make sense for you to incorporate your business and i will fight you <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i just get so riled up because you know i i hear people focusing like the conversation drifts towards other things and they they miss that one piece right and uh, it's so important. It's so critical. Cool. Okay. Hopefully this has been helpful. Do we want to finish? So we, we have to share this story now. This embarrassing the story. The cliffhanger we, story. We teased it out. So do you want... <laughs> I feel like you tell it it's so much better than I do. Story. It's so embarrassing. And I really hope... I really hope that those who are listening or watching recognize that like... Just take away from this experience that like we're not perfect. <laughs> right? We make mistakes. Oh man. It's so embarrassing though. I don't want people to hear this and think like, wow, I can't trust anything that those two people say because this is like the, literally the dumbest thing I've ever heard of in my entire life. Like I'm, I'm never sure going to listen to I'm sure everyone's done something similar. I don't know. This is bad. <laughs> this is really bad. Okay. Tell the story. Okay. So we're staying at this hotel and because we're cheap. Actually, it's not so much that we're no. cheap. It, okay. So we went to Banff and a lot of the, the restaurants there are really fancy and stuff. And we have three really little kids. And we didn't want to go out to a restaurant to eat right. that night. And so we were like, 
let's just bring with us a lasagna. Well, and the <laughs> other Costco thing, lasagna. the other thing too, we weren't able to leave until yeah, it got really until late. later in the day, and we wanted to be able to. So it's the dead of winter, and they have these outdoor pools that are hot. Like they're not hot springs, but kind of the same. It's just idea. like a big hot tub. Yeah, it's just a giant hot tub outside, and so it's really fun for the kids to like. You no, know, it's freezing outside, but You're we're like also in the in this mountains and yeah. hot tub. Yeah, and so. We knew we wanted to spend time doing that, and it was going to get late. And we also had this kitchen in our hotel. Yeah, like, we had, like, knew this that full, that's full kitchen. Yeah, yeah, that's what we were paying for, and so we might as well just bring our own food. Well, yeah. we don't need to justify to these people why we, <laughs> <laughs> we wanted to bring a lasagna so that we could make this lasagna for ourselves. Continue. Okay, <laughs> so we go to uh, preheat the oven, and then we, we were gonna, planning on cooking the lasagna. What we go to the pool, come back, lasagna, boom, great. So we go to turn it on, and I'm like about to put the, put the it was me in. don't put i i need to be the one that's thrown under the bus because i was the one that turned the oven okay. on yes you were right and then and I, I was like it's not and then i go oh, over no. to go put the to put it in because i'm like oh surely it's preheated by now or whatever oh and the little red light wasn't on you know how you turn yeah. usually a red light so and, it's an old oven yeah it's yeah. old with all the dials right and there's no, nothing digital on this thing <laughs> and so so i open it up and i'm like there's no heat coming from this like i stuck my hand in there and i could like touch the burner if i wanted to and i was like it's totally cold. Like, it is not yeah, on. It's not on. And it had been on for, like... <laughs> ten minutes. For, like, ten minutes. Should have yeah. been hot. I was like, what is happening here? And so both of us looked at it. We're fiddling with all the dials. And I was like, oh, I was like, oh maybe it's not plugged in or something. No, we turned on the stove, like, the burner. And the burners were working. And so I was like, no, it's just the oven element's not working. Something's right. wrong with this. And so we fiddle around, fiddle around. I was like, I can't figure this out. Like, our kids were getting super hangry by then and needed... And the lasagna takes, like over an hour yeah. to cook. So yeah. I was like, we need to get this lasagna. And even I'm I'm like brainstorming what we could do. I was like, well, what are we going to do? We have this stupid lasagna. I was like, well, maybe like if we call down to the lobby, maybe they could heat it up in a different <laughs> oven. Like bring it back. Because yeah. even we're like, well, they're going to have to move us to a different unit. We had already like, the kids are like jumping on the beds and stuff already by then. And I was like, this yeah. is just bad. So as we call down to the lobby <clears throat> and I'm like, hi, uh, our oven's not working. And so right away they're like, yeah, yeah, we'll send the maintenance guy up. So wait around for about 10 minutes. All of a sudden there's a knock at the door. So the maintenance guy comes waltzing in and he's like, what seems to be the problem? <laughs> so, oh, well, the oven's not working. So. And he was a young guy. Like he was a young age. guy, yeah. Yeah. And he's like, and I said to him, you know, this, the stove element's not working, but the oven's, the oven's not. We're trying to make this lasagna. And he just kind of looks over at both of us. And then he says, oh, well, uh, you just gotta. And then he turns this other knob that's off and then bake. <laughs> Or I think the other option was broil, right? It's like yeah, either off yeah. broil or big. He's like, he just like turned it. And then he looked at me like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're embarrassed, aren't yeah. you? <laughs> and I was just like dumbfounded. I was like, oh, uh, sorry, our, our one at home is really different than this one. Or, yeah. I'm trying to like make excuses for myself. I was like, no, you just got to own it. And then yeah. I was just like, we're, yeah, and we did. We're like, I, we're really dumb. And I was like, I am so sorry for wasting your time. Yeah, we all had a good laugh, yeah. right? And I'm sure we tried to get him to promise that he wouldn't tell everyone, but for sure he we're like, like, now we know you're all, you're going to go back to your buddies yeah. and be like, so. Like the idiots in 122 <laughs> don't know how to turn the oven on. Don't know how to turn it from yeah. off Well, that's so stupid. <laughs> so there's two dials. Think about yeah. this. Think about just, I feel like people need to really be able to picture this in their mind. Right, so there's right. two dials on opposite ends of yeah. the of the stove yeah because like in the middle of the clock and then on the two other sides are the stove stove ones right and then one side of the clock is this on off switch and then on the other side of the clock it's is the, the temperature the temperature so we had turned on the temperature right. one right <sighs> so dumb <laughs> well and what's what's what is frustrating too is the the dial that's just the the temperature when it's in the off position, like it says off that's true like it, it says say off, off above yeah, that dial yeah and so i think any like you know, Kate, again, it's been a long day. We've just driven in the car for two hours with three crazy children. We're just <laughs> like, the, I'm not, I know how to work an oven. But like in that, in that tired moment of desperation, you're like, you just don't, you just forget how to do these things. And so you make complete uh, fools out of yourselves. I'll just never forget the way he looked over him. He was just like, yeah. Yeah. I didn't make, I was too ashamed to even look at him. I was just like, I'm just going to back away and just hide myself in the, in the other room so can we try turning uh, it on yeah so what's the what lesson are we supposed to take away from this um my takeaway is sometimes i feel okay my takeaway was like sometimes i feel like i know what i'm doing but i really don't and i just need to ask the expert for help it's <laughs> like i should know how to do this and this is why i'm so grateful that i'm married to you because like hearing you talk about 
about the accounting things. It's like, thank you. That makes so much sense. But on my own, I'd be totally floundering and wasting so much of my time trying to figure it out. When if I had just asked an expert, it would have made so much more sense. And so I think my takeaway is if you're confused about something, ask an expert and they'll point you in the right direction. And right, right. Yeah, that's my takeaway. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to stay in touch, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. We've included the links to these in the show notes. Also, be sure to check out our website, onlinewellness.ca, if you need any continuing education credits. All of our courses have been approved by massage associations across Canada. Anyways, we'll catch you next time.